Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. The Christmas story. The Christmas story. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of a house in the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Lord, we thank you for this time that we could come and and worship you, our Lord and Savior, to open your word together and to know how precious that is in your sight. But Lord, we thank you for this season, for Christmas, for For the meaning of Christmas, we thank you for Jesus Christ in our lives. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. 
You may be seated, but um, I want to leave your Bibles open. You know, when we hear when we hear the Christmas story, we, a lot of things a lot of things come to mind. Um, the manger scene. It's one of the things that that always pops into my head is is the manger scene. What the manger scene would would look like, you know, Joseph and and Mary, um, and and the babe in in the manger. Um, when you're when you're looking at uh, uh, at that manger scene and you see the two of them together uh, with the baby, and and then you have all of the animals that that are around them. You've got. You know, you've got the camels and, and, uh, you got the, the cows and you got the sheep and, 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 you know, the whole picture, um, you know, we have a manger scene in, in our house and, and, you know, all of those animals and, and uh, all of those characters are, are all on that, uh, in, in that manger scene there. And, and it's something that we have grown to, to uh, expect, um, to be there. And I, and I kind of kind of thought about it one time. What about chickens? Didn't they ever have chickens? I mean, you know, you would think. I mean, we've got all of these other animals there, and you would think that somewhere along the line there would be there would be chickens, but there never is. But but shepherds. There's always shepherds in in every cantata or every musical that you that you see on on the the birth of of Jesus Christ. You see you see shepherds. They always bring the shepherds down. And, and the shepherds, folks, the shepherds that, that we have, that, that we've had here, um, during our cantatas, um, you know, are, are probably a little bit different than the shepherds were in, in the days of, of Jesus. Um, the, our shepherds generally bathed and, and smell decent. Um, the shepherds back in, well, I think, but anyway, but but the shepherds back in in those days, you know, they're they weren't a real character reference. They were they were second class citizens. They weren't looked upon as 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 someone who was high in 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 society. And and when you and when you think about it, when you think that that who was that announcement made to that Jesus Christ was coming to this earth as a babe. Who was it given to? Was it given to the to to great kings? Was it was it given to to the business people? Was it given to what you might commonly call as the first class? No, it was given to the shepherds, the shepherds who were considered second class citizens, the dirty ones out of this, and and yet that's who Christ went to, or not Christ, but that's who God went to first. And he sent his angels to them, and, and the announcement was made to them. That's who it was announced to. You know, we, we get this impression that, that being a Christian is, is, is not for everyone. It's, it's only for the certain few. Um, we, we don't want to be in, inclusive. We want to, we want to exclude every, that's, that's not who God is. God, is our creator. And God does not wish that anyone should perish without Jesus Christ. And so everyone, everyone should come and, and know that they are welcomed to come to Christ. You know, um, 
you think the, you think help came from the inn? You know, as they were in that, that manger scene that, that night, and, and in all of the chaos that they were going through, do you think someone came from the inn to help deliver the baby? And this probably was quite a, quite a busy evening. It wasn't something that, that came together very well. I know that Joseph and Mary were not planning on coming all the way to Jerusalem or coming to, to Bethlehem to, uh, to, to stay in a manger. And you know, it makes me think, have you ever had an occurrence happen in your life when, when it seems like everything goes wrong? And it seems like every step that you take is the wrong step. That if you were supposed to take a step with your right foot, you should have taken it with your left foot. Everything that you do, nothing seems to work right. Um, and afterwards, and afterwards, and after it all worked out, you're, you're amazed. You're amazed that, that it even came together. And I, I kind of wonder, in all of what Joseph and Mary had to go through to get to Bethlehem in the first place, as, as they were s- sitting there after the Christ child was born, did they ever sit back and say, wow, how did we ever get through this? We come all the way to Bethlehem, and there's no place to stay. We end up in this manger, and, and, and being here, and, 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 and all of a sudden, everything just seemed to fall into place. I wonder if they if they sat there and, and just thought about it. You know, what would we have done maybe if the manger hadn't been there? What would oh Joseph and Mary if they were sitting there afterwards and, and resting and going, Wow, what would we have done if the manger hadn't been here? Praise the Lord that He provided for us when when we needed it the most. He provided He provided this grungy manger with all these animals, sorry, choir, I didn't mean to look at you when I said animals, but I mean, I, you know, look at the, look at the scene. And that's when we would say, we would look at it and say, wait a minute, you call that providing? You bring them all the way from, you bring them this, the hundred miles. You, you bring them here all this way from Nazareth. And you give them a, a manger? You call that providing. A manger was the best that God could do on, on short notice. What kind of a provision is that? What is that? Why didn't he have them stop in Jerusalem? I, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's a bigger city. And, and I'm sure there was probably rooms in, in Jerusalem where Bethlehem being a smaller city, that there wouldn't have been rooms there. Was Joseph caught off guard? Was God caught off guard? Did Joseph say, well, I think we can get to Bethlehem and, and back to Nazareth um, before the baby comes. Maybe he thought that. You see, folks, when you look at this story, we look at it and sometimes we take so much for granted. But you see, God doesn't. God doesn't take anything for granted. And there are no surprises for God. This isn't something that God whipped up on short notice. Everything is according to his plan. Everything is done according.
according to his plan. And, and you know, now I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. Who was good at history? Was there, were you good at history? You guys don't even remember history. Wow, look at this. <laughs> you and I got a lot in common here. I'll tell you what. But we're going to, you know, we're going to go back. Go back. Look at verse 1 that, in, that I read tonight. Chapter 2, verse 1, where it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Okay. Listen. This little history lesson that I'm going to teach you here, you remember Julius Caesar. No doubt. You, you remember Julius Caesar. And after Julius Caesar's death, 44 B.C., you remember this one, Et tu, Brute? Okay. You remember Julius Caesar's death after the battles of Antony and Cleopatra. Julius Caesar's nephew and adopted son, Octavian, became Caesar. Okay. He became Caesar. And then in 27 BC, Octavian took the name of Augustus. And, and the name was given to him by the Senate. They voted him the name of Augustus by the Senate. Are you with me? There is going to be a test on this history lesson here. And in around 30 B.C., this is all working around together here, and in around 30 B.C., Rome entered into this time of imperial greatness. You know, when we think about Rome, we think about Rome as being a powerful beautiful place, um, uh, a, a very strong and, and, and mighty nation. But this is what historians called Pax Romana, or, or the Roman peace, around in 30 B.C. Time of great prosperity. There was great prosperity for Rome. And that prosperity came through their trade and through their taxes. Okay, that's where they got their money from. And so Caesar Augustus turned Rome, this is what they say about him, Caesar Augustus took Rome from a city of bricks into a city of marble because he knew how to make the money. He knew how to trade and he knew how to tax. And he was very good at it. And they made money and they made Rome a beautiful, beautiful city. Now why am I, why am I giving you this history lesson about the Romans? Listen, you don't need to understand this. When the need of a government requires taxation, you need to know your tax base. Right? You need to know how many people you're going to be able to tax. Did Caesar Augustus order a census to make sure that the people would have good representation in Rome? No. Caesar Augustus wanted to know what his tax base was so he knew how many people he could charge so that he knew that he could beautify Rome all the more. He wanted to know how much money was coming in. You see, he ordered the census to know his tax base. What difference does that make? Yeah. Everyone had to go back to their home city to register. 
Wherever you were born, you had to go back there to register because they were going to have a lousy census so that Caesar Augustus could charge them and tax them. That's why he did it. Everyone had to go back to their home city. Joseph and Mary had to take that long trip back to Bethlehem. They had to go back to Bethlehem. Look at verses 4 and 5. Chapter 2, Warn 5. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with his wife, his betrothed wife who was, was with child. They were both. They were both of the lineage of David. So how far? Nazareth to Bethlehem. As a crow flies, about 70 miles. Now ladies, if you were in your eighth month, how would you like to be the one that would have to climb on top of a donkey and do not 70 miles as a crow flies, but probably closer to 100 miles as the roads went to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem to to um, to register for for this tax. What was so important about Joseph and Mary being born in Bethlehem or giving? I'm sorry. What was so important about Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem so that Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Turn in your Bibles to Micah to Micah five. Over in the Old Testament, written so many years before, where it says to you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Jesus was to be born in the city of David, in Bethlehem. It was prophecy. Prophecy from 700 years before the birth of Christ. It was told that Jesus Christ would be born in Bethlehem. What does all that mean? All this this history lesson and, and all of this, how does this come together Am I saying that God used the mighty Roman Empire to get Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem so Jesus could be born in a manger in Bethlehem? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. You want to look at the Roman Empire as being a mighty and powerful Roman Empire and they were nothing more than a pawn in the hand of God because... He used them to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. You see, folks, God, in his difficulty, in the difficult situation that they were going through, Joseph and Mary, having to go from, from Nazareth all that hundred miles, all the way to Bethlehem, not being able to find a room to stay in, coming into a manger, giving birth to Jesus Christ in that manger. 
And as maybe as Joseph and Mary had laid back afterwards and said, how did we ever get through this? There was never a doubt that God was in control. You see, folks, that's exactly what I'm saying, is that God, God is in control. And He's never, folks, He's never lost control. He has never lost control. And, and, and all I can say on a, on a night or in the times that, that we live in, you know, if you're worried about, about this world, if you're worried about the situations that we're in, if you're worried about this world and thinking that, that everything that is happening, the world is spinning its, its way out of control, Maybe maybe you don't even recognize the world that you live in anymore. Maybe you wake up on, on mornings and turn on the news and have to turn it off because it makes you ill. But you know something, folks? If you're worried about what tomorrow brings, you need to know Jesus. You need to know Him. You need to know that that child that came on that morn, that child that came and was born in that manger in the city of David, was Christ the Lord. That Christ the Lord is the only, He was the hope. He was the hope that came to this earth. And, and as you, as you look at, and we were getting preparing to go to, to communion, communion that, that is, a time of recognizing what Jesus Christ did for each of us and that He shed His blood for, for each of us. That the important thing to understand about that is that Jesus gave His life. They did not take His life. And that even with His own Son, when His own Son came to, to the cross, that God, in all of that, God was in control. There was never a time when God was not in control. And, and when we look at the world around us and we think about how crazy things are today, when we think about how, how could this possibly get any worse, folks, God's in control. He's in control. And, and the only way, and you can think that, that man can bring it, you can think that, that there's some way that we're going to work out some kind of a deal and, and, and men are going to come together and we're going to have peace. Folks, the only peace in this world is through Jesus Christ. And that's it. It's the only peace. You know, when, when, in the scripture that I read where it says um, that peace toward men, the peace toward men, peace, goodwill toward men, is, is that God had given his son to this earth. He had given him to us as a sacrifice for our sins. The rest was up to us. He gave us the one who could bring peace. All we ever have to do is to say yes. All we ever had to do was to say yes 
I believe in what Jesus Christ has done for me. And so as we come for uh, communion tonight, say yes to Jesus. Say yes. Walk up. Take communion. You don't have to be a member here. You can come and take communion just as you are. And know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That many years ago in, in Bethlehem, a child was born. He came as the Savior of the world. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.